Hello, everybody. Today, I have a bit of a different podcast. In fact, I've wanted to do one of these podcast episodes for a long time. And I've actually got a client on to chat to me today. And that client is uh, one of my very close friends, actually, Liv. And she's here to talk to us today about how she kind of went teetotal and she's going to explain that to us in a second but just to talk about her own experience with alcohol and why did why she decided to quit alcohol and I think for anybody listening to this who's maybe got a bit of a bad experience with alcohol or finds that you're in social situations where you don't want to really drink anymore and maybe it's Um, affecting your goals I think this podcast will be really really helpful to you to hear somebody else going through it because if you followed me for a while you will know I am not a big drinker myself so I think it's always really great to get somebody on to talk to who has been a bit of a drinker a bit of a party animal and um, has now changed their ways so Liv tell us a little bit about you who are you how long have you been coaching with me and um, why did you decide to do this hi so as I just said I'm Liv and I started coaching with Angie a few years ago um, and yeah basically had a bit of an overhaul in terms of um diet nutrition exercise and did a lot of work around kind of getting some getting some basics right I thought I was um I thought I was doing everything right but getting frustrated that I wasn't seeing the progress that I wanted so yeah I did some good one-to-one coaching with Angie a few years ago um we've obviously stayed friends we have lots in common and we've yeah we live really close to each other so we stayed great friends since and um yeah began sort of taking on another um sort of smaller um time period of coaching with her again recently um which I'm absolutely loving and seeing great results this time as well a bit about me so as I said I live near Angie I live in Worcester and I work for a property developer I work in internal communications and I live with my boyfriend Dan and our little Romanian rescue dog called Mitch Um, (laughs) who's one of Trevor's best friends and so why did I why did I think about giving up alcohol I am I just was getting really sick of the unpredictability of it all. I felt, I got to the point where I felt like I was playing Russian roulette every time I drank. And there'd be some nights where I was fine and I just had a few drinks and everything was great. And I went home at a reasonable time, bit of a thick head the next day, but nothing horrendous. But then there was times when I really, really, really took it too far. And within the past sort of couple of years, I've had instances where, I fractured my foot through alcohol. I'm pretty certain I fractured my cheekbone um, because I fell over through alcohol. I've had, you know, numerous fallings out with friends um, because of things that I've said when I'm drunk. And I was just fed up of it, um, really. And I just started becoming quite curious about um, how I could take a bit more control over it and not feel like it was controlling me. Yeah, amazing. And it's funny, isn't it? Because, you know, I've had nights out before where I've woken up the next day and I've thought, what the hell did I do? And you get that anxiety Mm. after. And I think, you know, for me, that was once in a blue moon. But to have that sort of every weekend. Yeah, I don't know how I would cope with that. So tell us a little bit about, you know, your your sort of social life, because 
um, right in saying that, you know, your kind of social group of friends are quite, you know, love a good party <laughs> and love a, love a drink. How have you found, like, when you first thought about going sober or giving up alcohol, what sort of what went through your mind like how did you feel yeah. about those social social situations um really bad to be honest and I was really worried about um losing lots of friends I've got mm. lots of friends where our whole sort of relationship and foundations have been built upon drinking and nights out and messy nights and all sorts of things like that and I just thought I was gonna lo- lose those friendships um and I was also I think the fit one of the things that worried me more was how I was going to cope in social situations mm-hmm. I used alcohol as um a, like brave juice basically so I'd get very nervous about going into big groups of people as I know lots and lots of people do so my um way of coping that was just to chuck alcohol down my neck as quick as possible until I felt like I could talk to anyone and just you know be really outgoing and um, that's kind of how I coped so um, yeah the thought of going into situations completely sober and not having that crutch or that um, that armour really really scared me but yeah and I was like I said I was also really frightened of losing a lot of friendships. Yeah yeah and I think that's the biggest thing like I think a lot of people you know I've, I've got a couple of clients and Sue won't mind me mentioning her name but Sue one of my clients who's been with me for many many years she was known as Party Sue you know and when yeah. she decided to take a bit of a break from drinking so much it was really hard because she found that part of her identity was being the party animal being the one that got legless yeah. you know and, yeah. and kind of <laughs> removing yourself from that identity is really tough do you want to talk to us a little bit about um and please feel free to say no but your sort of family background because I know um your dad struggled with alcohol didn't he yeah yeah so um my dad um was an alcoholic he actually passed away a couple of years ago through complications to do with alcohol and drug abuse um so I've always had that in the back of my mind as well and it's always I think it's always been something I've felt very guilty about when I have taken it too far um and sort of had all these um, thoughts about how I'm a hypocrite because, you know, I used to worry about him so much, but yeah, I'm going and, you know, drinking and abusing my body, obviously not to the extent that he did. Um, so yeah, it that that kind of was a very um, complicated thing for me to, to deal with in, in my own head. And like I said, he's, he's passed away now. Um, so it's, you know, it's really um, brought into focus to me as well, like how, how much damage alcohol can actually cause you and I know I wasn't drinking to the extent that he was or anywhere I wasn't an alcoholic I know I wasn't alcohol dependent um but I would say I was a problem drinker whereby there there was many occasions where I couldn't I just couldn't stop you know I would I would drink and it would get out of hand and like I say I was doing really stupid things and I know we all do stupid things through alcohol but (laughs) I was doing them stuff that you'd kind of think okay yeah maybe when you're like 18 and in your 20s you know blackouts and not remembering how you get home and I know it does it's not it's not safe at any age but when you're kind of getting into your 30s and those things are still happening I was really embarrassed Mm. and just thinking like this is just ridiculous and I really can't get away with it anymore yeah yeah and in regards to your dad like growing up around that environment like did that affect you at all like did you 
did it kind of ins- not inspire you but promote you to drink because he drank or did it not really affect you no I don't think it really and um, I think it probably did on a very subconscious level but I don't think consciously it did my mum and um, I remember my mum telling me once about how I'd drawn a picture of my dad for like a, a school thing where it was like draw your parents as part of this class um, and I drew a picture of my dad with a beer can in his hand <laughs> so I was obviously very very aware of it from like a very young age um, so it was I'd say how it affects me more was about how I would then feel about myself when I had had those heavy nights thinking I feel like I'm anti-alcohol on one side of my my personality because of all the stuff my dad's gone through but then on the other side I'm like going out drinking and doing all the things that that are bad for you so yeah it it, it did affect me I think thank you for sharing that about your dad as well by the way That's all right. um so with your dad passing, did that coincide with you deciding, you know, deciding to make this decision to kind of break away from alcohol or did it happen later? It happened later because I definitely started um, cutting down alcohol sort of end of last year. Um, I'd had like a particularly bad, messy night um, around Christmas time, as as many people do when it's when it's Christmas and drinks are flowing. Um, but from then it was all I really couldn't get it out of my head in terms of like, you need to do something now you need mm. to how much how many more nights like that are you going to have? Um, and also the hangovers were just getting horrendous. And I've heard a lot of people say this as they kind of go into their 30s, like, really bad like not able to keep anything down the next day um you know miss it just missing so many things like falling short of so many plans that I'd made the next day or even the day after that and I was just starting to feel like this wasn't this wasn't the lifestyle that I wanted anymore Mm, yeah so on that note then can you tell us a little bit more about like your why why is it important to you do you feel that you've made this change is it something to do with like your health obviously you've mentioned about your dad your mental health like what what's led you to continue your kind of break from alcohol so my number one reason really when I when I when I think about it is um mental and physical health mental health first really so I um, I suffer with depression. I've had depression, sort of diagnosed depression for a few years. Um, and it's been a really, really rocky time. Um, I've had some real lows um, early on in the year. I was signed off work um, and I actually spent some time in hospital as well. So um, albeit only one night, but, you know, it got it got really bad. Um, so I'm now at a point where I'm managing it all so, so well. Um, I've got great medication. I know all the things that I need to do to keep myself well. I know all the signs to look out for when I'm not doing well. Um, but alcohol is a depressant and yeah, I was putting so much focus on, you know, my meds and, and all the, and all the, the framework to keep myself well. Um, but then like slinging a depressant down my neck every weekend or every fortnight however you know however often it would be and yeah I just thought this just makes no sense and um, and that's what's kind of kept me on the right path in terms of you know mental health and thinking it's just would be re- totally counterproductive for me to drink because I want to take care of my mental health my mental health is so much more important to me now having been in those low places um, and then yeah physical health as well I mean 
I've never felt better physically um, from reducing alcohol and well, stopping alcohol. And it wasn't that I drank that much. I didn't have any like immediate huge benefits like some people have when they give up if they're like serious, heavy, regular drinkers. Um, You know, I didn't suddenly feel like I was sleeping a million times better, but it's just been those gradual little things. And the main thing's been I've been really consistent with my training. You know, how many missed classes I would have through having hangovers or, you know, walks I'd arrange with friends that would then not happen because I felt so awful. And, you know, days eating McDonald's on the sofa. That just doesn't happen anymore because mm-hmm. I feel well every day unless I'm genuinely ill, which I don't get ill very often anyway. Um, so that's that's just what keeps keeps me going, really, and makes me think, why would I ever go back to to drinking yeah amazing and once again thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing that with us you know mental health is important that we all talk about and and share and so thank you for that um in regards to exercise then because I know obviously I've coached you for a long time you haven't always loved exercise have you so to go from to go from somebody who would drink you know have hangovers hangovers on the weekend etc to now being someone who enjoys exercise and I guess that's kind of your you know dopamine hit or you know you're getting getting that you know excited feeling from exercise how did you like how's that like changed in your head now like did you yeah I think it's just um it's just priorities isn't it it's just like my my I I now know how good I can feel through regular exercise so um you know I love going to my boot camps um I think it's not just the actual you know physical moving your body and getting your blood rate and heart rate and everything pumping your blood pumping it's more like the social side of it as well so getting and getting in front of people and having a laugh and feeling like connected so I definitely I was get I was already feeling the benefits of that while I was drinking so I was already kind of getting into the the flow of training quite consistently but I think now it's just my number one focus and I know that I don't ever have to worry about going into a weekend thinking oh well I might do boot camp on Sunday um but I've got I'm going to so-and-so's birthday on Saturday night so you know I'll see how I feel I know that I can do the birthday thing on the Saturday night and I doesn't have any it doesn't change anything on Sunday because I'm going to wake up feeling just the same, maybe a little bit tired because I've gone to bed late, but I'm not going to feel any different. So that's that's been um, one of the best things, really. Yeah. And that to me, like, that's just brilliant. You now, you know, you've got your values, you show up to your values and yeah it's it just amazing and I, I I just have so much respect for you for that because. Oh, so in regards to when you decided to start, like when did this happen and how did you go about it? Did you, like you said about that Christmas Christmas party, was it right, that's it, after Christmas party? How did you go about just quitting alcohol? Did you totally quit? Was it completely teetotal? What did you do? Yeah, so I did the classic dry January. So got the app on my phone, um, drink-free days, which is really good. Um, and I buddied up with someone so asked my mate you know who else is doing dry January and um my my good friend Sharon was um so we just buddied up basically and that was really really important because um I mean to be fair dry January I don't think anyone has anything against dry January like you can talk to even the most 
like hardcore drinkers and they're like oh yeah yeah yeah, I've done that before like I get it I get it what was really hard was then pushing past that limit so I basically um just told people that I so in my head I knew that I wanted to just stop forever but I found that when I told people that I was literally bombarded by questions Mm. and not that my friends weren't supportive or my family because they absolutely were but I was getting like well, what do you mean you're gonna what about when you go and do this what about when you go and do that what about on holiday blah 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 and um yeah it was just a bit overwhelming to be honest so I just decided to lie basically yeah. <laughs> and just say to people oh yeah yeah I'm just gonna do like a few more weeks you know that's that's it kind of thing I'm just gonna maybe do a, a February as well and then people just shut up they just stop asking you because they think that you're going to start drinking again so they're kind of happy they have a, they don't have to worry about losing their drinking buddy in their head um so yeah I definitely found that having the the little app which kind of you you logged every day to say that you'd had a drink every day and um buddying up with someone was really really helpful do you think now going back would you have been more honest do you think you would have just said no. or do you think that's the way that you yeah no I wouldn't I wouldn't have been because I tried being doing the honest route and it just I was just overwhelmed with questions mm. um uh, the I mean and the other thing I tried um was like actually being well the other the alternative is you're really vulnerable with people and you really open up and you have to give them you feel like you have to give them this whole backstory and that's a bit intense for other people to take on board then you know they they don't they that kind of puts them in a bit of an uncomfortable comfortable position so I um whether or not it's right or not I just found it easier to just say it's only going to be for a few weeks and then people just kind of got off my back a little bit um and do you know what months down the line everyone has just accepted it and no one asks me about it anymore so that's that's kind of why I'm quite glad I went about it in that way because yeah. I felt like I made life easier for myself during those first few weeks and months where it is really tough because you are struggling and you do want to drink and you do feel like you're missing out but once you've pushed past that everyone else is like accepted it and it's just a much easier road yeah yeah and you know fair play to you because it must be so challenging having those questions I mean like I said I've never been a massive drinker but I have had social situations where people are like oh and she's not drinking again oh she's the boring one what oh she's probably going to you know I've always had she's probably going to the gym in the morning and it's like well actually yeah (laughs) I am (laughs) and you know and uh, it is hard it is really difficult being in that situation because you kind of want to you want to people please but at the end of the day you know that's not going to please yourself and it does take a lot of mm, determination resilience to be like actually I'm sticking to my guns here so you know big shout out to you for doing that and um did you like did you get to a point where you were like actually I'm gonna allow myself to have a drink at this event or have you completely been that's it yeah so there have been a couple of instances so there was my birthday um and I had a few glasses of wine and I'm I'm I'll admit I'm really annoyed with myself that I kind of have broken my sobriety so to speak um but when I look back on it it was it was to do with that whole social anxiety sort of issue and it was that specific occasion was the fact that I was bringing together 
all loads of different people that didn't know each other and we were going to this like street food thing and I just felt so worried about was everyone going to get on was everyone going to have a nice time is that person going to talk to that person because they didn't know each other I just felt like I I drank to make myself not worry about that so again it was it was kind of using it as a um a way of coping um and actually when I think about it I didn't enjoy it it didn't add anything to the evening I'd have probably just enjoyed it just as much um, and then there was a couple of instances on holiday as well so we flew out to Barcelona with a group of friends and I had some drinks at the airport and then we went to a wedding a really lovely wedding and I had a couple of drinks at the wedding as well but it's really funny I found that my um palate has changed now and I actually dislike the taste of alcohol so I had like a glass of fizz at this wedding at this wedding that we went to and I was like oh and I used to really like Prosecco and like fizz and champagne and all that sort of stuff and I really really was like no this tastes really gross even though I know that normally I would like it um and we had a like really fancy meal at this wedding and we had all these lovely wines that were paired with each course and I couldn't drink them I literally was like oh I'm gonna do you know what I'm feeling pretty good I'm feeling pretty um I'm not too squiffy or anything I'm probably just gonna enjoy this little bit of wine with the meal I couldn't drink it it tasted absolutely foul to me so um yeah I mean that's that's but that's been really helpful you know that's really helped me knowing that actually my palate has changed now and it's not something that I actually enjoy the taste of anymore which oh my God, if you'd have said that to me, you know, at the start, I'd have just thought you were mad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I've had that religiously forever. Like I've never really liked the taste of alcohol. And I know we've had that conversation before where you've gone, oh God, I wish I was like that. And now <laughs> yeah. you are. So it just goes to show, you know, you can become, you can become that person. I remember you saying that. I remember you being like, oh yeah, oh, I can only, I can only really have a couple because I don't really like the taste. And I was sat next to you thinking, oh my God, I wish I had that problem. <laughs> it's, it's so bizarre though, because, you know, you see people saying like, oh, I really, don't get me wrong that I, obviously I'm pregnant at the moment. So there have been times where I've been, oh, I really fancy a glass of red wine or I really fancy a glass of, you know, whatever and a gin and tonic and I have drank a couple of times in my pregnancy I'm more than happy to say that and I've literally had the tiniest bit and I'm like that's enough can't stand it anymore and it's just almost like sometimes just the taste of it is enough and then that's it you know that book is closed and you can move on um yeah it's really interesting so tell us let's backtrack a little bit tell us about those first initial days weeks months where you did have social occasions and you decided to go and not drink like number one how did you feel like were you an anxious wreck and number two like what was your strategy did you take drinks with you did you decide to drink diet coke how what did you do so yes I was definitely an anxious wreck (laughs) um and um really worried about how people were going to react to the fact I wasn't drinking so the way I kind of went about it was um drink drink stuff that people wouldn't necessarily know that I wasn't drinking so I drank a lot of like alcohol-free beers or um you know tonic water with lime so that people couldn't really tell if it was a gin and tonic or a normal tonic and I kind of almost tried to hide it a little bit um but you know it it was I'm not gonna lie it was hard and it was hard kind of you know people saying um what do you want to drink and you say oh well I just I just want a tonic water and they're like really really you sure go on I just I'm do you want to share this bottle of wine I'm going to get a bottle of wine you sure you don't want me to get you a glass it was like you know 
all the time, basically, within within those first few. Um, well, not so much in dry January, actually, because I think in dry January, people get it. They know that you're not yeah. you're, you're not drinking. But sort of beyond that, it was where it got into a bit of um, tricky water. So, yeah, I kind of kind of masked it a little bit um, to start with. And then um, I also when I was sort of a bit later on, sort of going into sort of like, I suppose February March time when I was sort of like a couple of a couple of months in, um, I started to I, I noticed I'd started to feel really grumpy when I was out because I felt like I was missing out. Right, I felt like I you know I'm sat here with a with a tonic water and my friend sharing a really nice bottle of wine that I really 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 want to try, but I'm kind of trying to push push on with my sobriety. So I just treated myself in other ways. You know, I went to the bar and got snacks. I you know ordered a dessert if I wanted a dessert and I know it probably it wasn't definitely wasn't diet friendly <laughs> but it helped me feel like I wasn't missing out and I wasn't punishing myself because that's what I started to feel like I feel like and it's probably kind of a bit similar with exercise isn't it you don't want it to feel like you're punishing yourself and that's what it had started to feel like to me and I was like I'm not I've got no hope if that's the case I've, I've been there with exercise I've done it I've done exercise that I don't enjoy and it's felt like punishment. And guess what? I haven't stuck to it. So I was mm. like, I need to try and make this a bit more enjoyable for myself. Um, so that that worked quite well. Ate lots of peanuts and um, mini cheddars and stuff from the bar. <laughs> and uh, and then, yeah, I mean, the great thing about when you aren't drinking is you can obviously, or if you drive, um, you can drive places and you have total, total control about when you leave. So I just made sure that, I drove to wherever we were going, if we were going to the pub or whatever, that I took the car. And then it was just so, so easy for me. When I'd had enough, I could just jump in the car and go home um, and just do like a quick exit, really. So that's kind of how I coped with that social social situations at the start. Yeah, amazing. I mean, that's pretty much my life. I just leave when I'm ready. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> you guys have a great time. Enjoy your hangovers. I'm off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really interesting, actually, you're saying that about food because... You know, I know for a lot of people who quit smoking as well, that's the same. They have to find their other piece of enjoyment. And, and unfortunately, sometimes you do need another habit as such yeah. to replace what you were doing. And yeah, you know, sometimes it's not always the healthiest or the best, but you do kind of need some kind of route to get you there. And I totally agree. Like if we go out for food, you know, I'm not a massive drinker, but I'm like, oh, I'll have a pudding instead, you know? Oh, so yeah. I think having that knowledge that actually, well, actually I'm not spending those calories on alcohol anymore. I could treat myself to have a pudding is, is absolutely fine. I think normalizing that is really key as well. Yeah, I am. Um, yeah, I've definitely felt like that. And it's really helped keep me going. Like when we were on holiday, um, in Barcelona I wasn't drinking and my friends were and they were and at this point I was a good few months in and everyone was being so super supportive and it was like we got to the end of the night where everyone had been kind of having their wines or their cocktails or whatever and then I wanted ice cream you know yeah. all these like nice like late night sort of gelato places so it was like a bit of a joke that it was like oh come on let's go and get Liv's ice cream kind of thing right. but yeah it was my it was my treat I wasn't you know I wasn't using all those um calories on alcohol and it's so nice now oh my god the amount of times I used to have to bloody quick add 500 calories for a bottle of Prosecco into my like Saturday my fitness pal and I don't have to do that anymore so that's that's been really great as well <laughs> amazing talk to us a little bit about I know you said you haven't had um any quick like health um benefits from drinking alcohol but what have you noticed about 
your health over the past few months? Have you noticed that anything has improved? Has your mental health improved? Talk to us about that. Yeah, just I would say mental health more than physical. Um, my physical health is getting better, but that's because, which is an indirect um kind of indirectly through quitting alcohol because like I said I'm training way more consistently and I'm eating so much better on the weekend you know I'm not I haven't got those hangover um cravings so my health has been indirectly impacted for the better um and yeah mental health massively and I'm actually starting to feel like I can socialize and that I don't need um, this kind of armor and this mask on and that's just been amazing for me I've always told myself that you know I'm no good in good crap I'm no good with good big crowds um I sort of freeze up and, and don't know what to say but actually by quitting alcohol I've had to I've had to learn I've had to learn almost how to socialize again and it was hard at first but now it feels really easy and really natural and I go into these things feeling really confident really excited to see my friends um really like up for you know having a good laugh and and everything and it's it's that's been one of the biggest gains for me I think is kind of how did you grow yeah how did you do that then like how let put yourself back in your shoes around like February March time where you were in that situation walk us through like would you go and have a bit of a chat with yourself in the toilet like what did you do did you give yourself a mantra or anything like that I um I just did it in little little steps so what I just made sure that I wasn't um you know going out I just kind of realized that I probably wasn't going to be able to do a all day all night social thing because that was just going to be like way too much for me to deal with so I just took it and I just broke it all down really and just made sure that I was only really socializing for like a few hours at a time or a couple of hours and then that allowed me to kind of learn like I said relearn what I needed to do and I, I remember like vividly the first time I cracked I was out with my friends who were drinking and I was sober and I cracked a joke and everybody laughed and I just felt like the best feeling because I always felt like I was just no fun unless I was drinking Mm. that I like was really boring had nothing to say and this was something that when I was in my like really low places you know was a real major issue for me I used to really beat myself up about it um so yeah that's that's just been amazing really so I didn't I didn't really have a mantra or anything like that but I just made sure that um I took it steady I didn't put too much pressure on myself to be you know out being the life and soul for hours on end um and if I needed to I just went to the loo and sat there and had a moment quiet to myself or um (laughs) When we were on holiday in in um, Barcelona, you know, I did a lot of siestas. Um, I do like a nap, but I also just needed to kind of take myself away and just have a bit of quiet time because it can be quite draining being around people um, when you haven't got that sort of like extra energy juice, which alcohol sometimes gives you. Um, I found it a lot sort of more draining and and um, took a lot more energy out of me. So, yeah, I just take myself away and have a little bit of quiet time. Yeah, lovely. So you always kind of went in with a little bit of a plan, a little bit of strategy so that you felt that you knew, you know, if it was too much, you could get out. Amazing. Um, Okay, so for anybody who is kind of looking to reduce their alcohol intake, what tips do you have? Obviously, you've shared loads here, but what tips do you have in terms of where somebody could get started 
Um, I would say um, definitely buddy up. Um, that would that would be a tip. So if you if you know someone who's also either um, quit or is thinking about quitting, like get a little get a little partnership going. And um, I know a lot of your clients will listen to this. So if anyone wants me to be their little buddy, I will be. Yeah, <laughs> I'd love to help anyone and um, and kind of you know partner up with them and help them on their way. Um, and the other one is probably just don't put too much pressure on yourself. Like it's not something that you're going to nail straight away. And you might have a few failed attempts as well. You know, you might try and try and quit and you only do a couple of weeks and then you have a drink, but don't let that put you off. Um, like just keep going. Um, and also I think if I'd, I realized, I realize now that it's not as it's not always as hard as it is at the start forever yeah now I find it completely I don't even think about it I mean and I actually um had a bit of a moment this you know we've had this heat wave recently the last heat wave I just remember thinking oh wouldn't it be not you know or oh, a nice refreshing gin and tonic now or a nice cold glass of wine or a beer I literally didn't think about that once this time. So it really does start to fall down your sort of, you, you just don't think about it. It doesn't cross mm. your mind. Just like if you're not a smoker, if you're a non-smoker, having a fag doesn't cross your mind. It's, yeah. the, it's the same sort of thing. So I think in those early stages, it will feel really, really hard. And it will feel like you're, like I said, it'll feel like you're punishing yourself. It'll feel like everyone's against you. But it isn't like that forever. Um, so just give yourself a few months. I mean, I'm actually kind of a, a, a bit anti-dry January now, only because what I've learned is that the first four weeks are the hardest. So it's almost like you go through, you would go through that four-week period to get no benefit because you're putting yourself through the hardest part of it. And actually all the good stuff comes months down the line. Yeah. So it's almost like, don't don't just think of it as maybe I'm just going to do a month. Try and think like do it for maybe six months because that's when you'll start to feel all the all that's that's you know everyone's different. That's when I started to feel all the benefits from it. Yeah, I mean it's the same with Lent. You know, I used to when I dieted back in the day and did stupid diets. I would always do Lent, give up chocolate, give up this for you know 28 days and whatever. And then after you've done that, you just binge back on it. You know, and it's yeah, just yeah you've done you've done the hard part but actually you don't see the 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 reward and I'm not telling anyone to give up chocolate chocolate is amazing um <laughs> okay uh, there was something else I was gonna ask you actually do you have you had at any point and I'm thinking in my head I've had a couple of clients say this to me before have you had any points maybe in those early days where you really felt like oh I just want to go out on the lash you ever had, yeah. have you had that yeah and how did you get over that because I know I've, I'm thinking of a couple of clients that I've worked with that really struggled with that I just can't do it I just really want to go and get drunk did you ever have a point like that yeah I have um and I you know like loads of people alcohol was something that would really um relax me you know it would be a case of you know oh, I've had a really stressful day um I really want to just open that bottle of wine and I don't, I can't really tell you how I got through it. I think I just really sort of like grip, grip my teeth. And I think this is, um, this is probably where having a, having someone who you're doing it with really helps. 
actually think looking back and thinking about it now we we would text each other and be like oh my god I've had the worst day I'm really thinking I'm gonna like open the wine um you know and we just text and be like no you know come on you can probably find something something else to do I think probably um my friend Sharon who um who quit as well she was probably a bit a bit more she had those moments more than I did I think and basically she just had to find loads of other ways to fill her time mm. she literally um I, she used to she was ordering so much random stuff on Amazon like art projects and crafting things and all sorts of stuff like that and she just found keeping herself occupied and I think that's how she kind of made sure that those those thoughts of oh I just really want to I really want to you know get get pissed or go out on the lash she kind of made sure that she could occupy herself by doing something else Mm. but yeah so that you know what that's a really that is a really tough tough one and I think the only way through it really is probably a bit like when you're dieting and you're like you know you want to diet you know you want to lose weight you know what you need to do but you just really want to eat that big cake that's you know your your friend bought you for your birthday or something what what do you do about it you have to find like other ways of kind of um coping and dig deep a little bit don't you Mm, absolutely and one of the the tips I would give here just putting my coaching hat on is go out and do it anyway but just don't drink for example what are you actually going out on the lash for is it to completely numb your mind numb your brain Probably not because that's actually not the enjoyable part. Like, yeah, getting a bit tipsy. But the fun part is the music, is the socialisation, is all of these other things that come out of that experience that actually you love. Like I cannot. So, well, for those listening, if you don't know, I used to be a podium dancer. And that meant that I would dance on stage in front of massive DJs with the music blaring and everybody would be pissed in front of me. But I'd be sober drank about three Red Bulls to get me hyped up and lots of Haribo. And I would have the best time ever. And we used to finish our shift at like 2 a.m. in the morning and you'd go and join the crowd. And when we joined the crowd, I was sober, I you know, and I was having the best time enjoying this music. And I think that's probably why I've never really relied on alcohol because I've been to festivals and not drank. Like I've been to festivals and driven and driven all my friends and they've got absolutely smashed. And I've still had a really good time. So I think really reminding yourself that actually I can go and do these things and I can go and enjoy them, but I don't need to have that drink. And, you know, I always think like energy drinks are quite good because they give you a little bit of a burst. So it might not be the same as alcohol, but, you know, just having a bit of a a, a monster or, you know, whatever energy, energy drink takes your fancy, that can sometimes help. Um, obviously don't get off your tits on caffeine or don't advise <laughs> that but just going anyway and even like social uh, Christmas parties like you might be going out with the girls this Christmas and you're thinking god how am I going to do it without alcohol you're going out with the girls that you probably haven't seen for weeks on end because you've all been busy like catch up chat mm. like have fun have a dance you can still do all of these things without being completely smashed yeah, I have to say, I'm. I feel really lucky that I, I love to have a little dance as well, and I've never actually felt shame or embarrassed about dancing. I could be that person up on the dance floor sober. Do you know what I mean? I've yeah. not ever felt like I need to have a drink. So I've had plenty, even even in the early days, you know, plenty of nights where, yes, I was struggling, not drinking, being out with people, but actually 
having a dance or whatever I still I felt completely fine and I had a great time so yeah that I think that's great advice just go and see if you can do it anyway because that's what I've learned along the way is actually I can have just as good a time as I would with alcohol um and also as people around you get more drunk they forget what you're doing like yeah. they really don't care if you're drinking or not drinking or yeah. whatever um they've completely forgotten about that so they it, you can just have the best time with everyone um yeah that's great great advice yeah, yeah. And go and make memories and you know I use very similar advice for clients that struggle with food anxiety you know going to a buffet or going to their friend's house and because they can't track their calories or whatever you're not going essentially for the food you might be a little bit to go and enjoy some nice food but you know food will give you so much enjoyment actually what you're going for is the socialization make memories you know so that you can remember that meal round at your mom's house where you all had a laugh because you were playing uno or whatever rather than thinking well I spent that entire meal worrying about how much I ate what I mm. ate you know etc etc so always make memories yeah, um, as well a good thing about when you're not drinking you make memories and you actually remember them yeah. <laughs> that's been that's been amazing the amount I've had so many like like little chuckles to myself recently about stuff that's happened on nights out that I would have forgotten about had I not um had I been drinking and I also recently we were we had a party the other the other weekend I went to a party and I was having a good old chat with one of the one of the lads there and he was having a great time he was hammered he was having a great time and then I saw him the next day and he can't remember because I was like oh what time did you leave and stuff and he's like oh I can't remember and he doesn't remember like that whole time that we were at the other house that we were at chatting and having a laugh and like just doing stupid stuff and and I'm like oh what a shame like yeah we were having a great time like I can remember it all but he can't (laughs) amazing um okay so can you give us a few tips because I know you're an absolute legend at this a few tips on uh what what alcohol-free drinks are actually nice because you know I've had to have my fair share throughout pregnancy like I said I'm not a massive drinker but I've tried a few and some of them are absolutely rank so give us your live tips on where to go to find alcohol-free booze or you know soft drinks that kind of thing yeah so yes I've definitely got made my way through it and um, I think that the alcohol-free ciders are really good. I was a bit dubious. Like, I think there's a Stouford, there's a Stouford one. I think there's a Thatcher's. When I tried it, I was like, oh, this is just going to taste like fizzy apple juice. It's just going to be rubbish, but it doesn't. I think if you like cider, it's really got that cidery taste. So that with like, you know, some ice um, in the summer is really, really nice. And likewise, the alcohol-free beers are pretty good. And I know a lot of, I didn't, I don't, beer wouldn't be my drink of choice when I was drinking um but I know that a lot of beer drinkers actually don't find them that bad either mm. um, especially with a bit of lime cordial like I quite like a lager and lime so that's what I'll have um and the probably my like favorite favorite um is from M&S and they do these little cans of um it's basically like alcohol-free spiced rum and coke um and they're just delicious they're just really really nice rum, again rum and coke wasn't really my go-to but I did occasionally drink it um but they're just delicious and um yeah they're just in those little cans so they're really handy to just you know take to someone's house or something if you're if you're going um going to a party somewhere else um I haven't really got on with the alcohol-free gins to be honest I just find them a bit I mean some of them are like 30 quid for a bottle as well they're like the same price as um a normal bottle of gin so I just don't get it because I did a little experiment where I did one 
little alcohol-free gin and tonic and one normal tonic and I tried them both and I honestly couldn't taste the difference between either I think tonic's got such a strong flavor it masks it a bit um and um but probably my favorite although I haven't actually bought a bottle yet was when I was um on holiday they had this um bottle called uh martini the brante it's like this red sort of like cordially stuff and that with tonic water is probably like one of the that would be the best alcohol-free drink that I've had from a bar if that makes sense that someone's served me in a in a pub yeah I, I am an expert aren't I Ange? <laughs> <laughs> and what about like fizzy drinks and that kind of thing is there anything that you now have at home like if you have had a stressful day you're like oh I really want some raspberry fizzy water <laughs> um, I mean I drank quite a lot of fizzy drinks anyway which is probably really bad um sugar-free um but yeah it would have like quite a lot of like fizzy orange and stuff um I have my go-to now and um, is generally like ginger ale ginger beer um and it's, and when I'm out as well you know if that's if they've got the nice like fever tree ones or you know um some nice sort of ginger beer that will be my go-to and yeah that we have that in the fridge and I'll drink that quite often yeah cool I'm a, I'm a big fan of elderflower water Ooh, yeah elderflower cordials lovely yes, isn't it? lovely <laughs> okay cool um just finally then before we wrap up do you have any like books or podcasts or anything that you've listened to or read that has really helped you you mentioned the app which we will link in the show notes is there anything else that you have um have read? there's that uh the joy of being sober I think you've mentioned a couple of times to me haven't you yeah, that's um, I'm I'm kind of wanting to read more actually. So I've read the Unexpected Joy of Being Sober, and that is an amazing book. Um, I would definitely um recommend getting that one. That's by Catherine Gray. She also did a um, she did a Happy Place. You know Fern Cotton's yeah yeah it's Fern Cotton isn't it? Uh, Fern Cotton's Happy Place podcast. She did like a little interview with her. So if you're not sure about buying the book listen to that first and perhaps we can link that in there yeah. as well um and then you can see if that she kind of basically talks about some of the stuff that she writes about in the book so you can get a, get an idea of what the book's about um and then um instagram accounts i've um i really like this one called sassy sassy sober mum um so she's just like a very sort of you know normal um british um sort of mum in her 40s and she kind of had um had sort of problematic drinking and has stopped and I just really like the post she shares they're just really sort of very real very raw and inspiring um so yeah they would be my recommendations cool and we'll definitely link those okay fab so any final words from you any final tips or anything that we haven't mentioned that you feel that you know the listeners might get um be able to take home I think probably the the biggest point and I I have made it but I think is just remembering it does get easier like like I said to you I'm a bit anti-dry January now because honestly it's like the hardest part the first few weeks the first few months are really hard but it it genuinely does get easier and I feel like I am now getting so much more out of life than I ever was when I was drinking and it wasn't that like I said I wasn't an alcoholic and I wasn't getting off my face every weekend um but I like I like I said at the start I just felt like I was playing Russian roulette every time I drank so not having those worries now I just feel like a massive weight is lifted off my shoulders um so yeah I would just say 
try it but give it a good amount of time don't don't sort of beat yourself up if after a few weeks you're still finding it really hard and you feel like giving up like just keep going because it does get easier yeah great advice and what's your plan going forward are you ever going to be a drinker again I really don't think I will I can't see why I, I don't feel like it gave me anything I think when you when you've got to the point where you know I've disassociated with it I know like I said I no longer crave it I don't no longer fancy it I mean I used to have you know every situation I was like oh wouldn't it be nice you know when I first gave it wouldn't it be nicer if I had a gin and tonic now wouldn't it be wouldn't it be nice to enjoy this um meal with some wine um but I genuinely don't think that now Dan can open a bottle of wine because he likes red wine um and I don't even notice that he's opened it and before I would be like absolutely like zoned in on the fact that that wine was there and he'd opened it and I wasn't drinking it and I found it really really hard um so yeah I don't think I ever will again to be honest and how are you feeling about Christmas oh really excited actually considering last Christmas I don't remember any of it (laughs) (laughs) I literally the hot pretty much um from 1pm onwards uh, I don't know don't remember eating my dinner um I was that drunk so I'm really excited about the fact that I'm actually going to enjoy Christmas and remember all the lovely food and is that it now for you and alcohol like are you teetotal or are you somebody who's like do you know what I will have one if I really want one no I I am teetotal Mm -hmm. and I I think creating so this is something that I didn't mention actually sorry Angie if I'm going on no it's fine (laughs) um I think sometimes when we think so originally when I went into it I was like oh maybe I can just moderate maybe I can just you know I'll only drink when it's someone's birthday or I just won't drink at home and I'll only drink if I'm out. And basically, you're just making your life so much harder for yourself. You've now got all these rules that A, you've got to remember. B, you've got you've got to have your friends to respect. So what? It's okay to drink at so-and-so's birthday, but not their um, engagement party because it's not a birthday. Do you know what I mean? You're creating yeah. all these like weird rules for yourself. And you're also making it harder a bit like if you were a smoker you know alcohol is addictive so it'd be like a smoker saying oh well I'm going to give up but I'm only going to have a fag on a on a Saturday well actually that's going to make you then crave it more because you're putting it in your body and your body wants it more so um yeah I don't want to kind of go down that route I think it's just far simpler just to be teetotal not drink and keep it simple like that yeah and I think do you know what for some people that's just the approach that not you have to take but you kind of want to take to enable you to you know live this slightly different lifestyle and that's really important you know for me I am somebody I can choose to drink or not doesn't Mm. doesn't get me whatsoever I know at Christmas time I love a mulled wine absolutely can't wait for the Christmas fair and to have a mulled wine but do you know what but probably by that time there'll probably be loads of alcohol-free mulled wine and also hot Ribena is just the same And hot chocolate, I can drink all the hot chocolate that I like. No, do you know what? And I don't want to be, um, you know, preachy about it. And everything that I'm saying is just based on my own experience and my own feelings. Like, I totally get that there will be people out there that um, a bit like yourself that think yeah do you know what I'm I'm happy just to have a few drinks um but they're also probably not the people who have had the same things that I've had where I've you know feel like I like I said I'm playing Russian roulette and I get myself into some right messes stuff stuff that some people will never know things I will take to my grave you know and uh, (laughs) and uh, yeah so um so yeah I totally respect whatever choices people make 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on and speaking so openly about your own experience and you know being so vulnerable with us it you know it takes a lot of a lot of guts to do that and I know how passionate you are about this topic as well so um it's been a pleasure to have you on thank you so much thank you Ange thank you and uh, for anyone listening if uh, if you do want to get in contact with Liv um are you happy for me to share your Instagram or what oh yeah go for it yeah so if you want to drop Liv a message just to say how wonderful she is and how much you enjoyed this, <laughs> this podcast then by all means do um but yeah thank you so much and I have loved every minute of this episode thank you Ange thank you